Hi there, and welcome to JK We Are Rolling, an actual play podcast about three young wizards who attend the most prestigious wizarding school in all of Germany. My name is Michael Moore, and I am the magician master of this podcast. And what that means is, well, y'all, I'm like a referee, but I'm also kind of a book writer, but I'm also kind of an actor. You know, I'm all this rolled up into one. It is a multifaceted role that I take on here in our podcast. But you're not really here to listen to me talk about myself. And if you are, uh, then I should start a second podcast because this podcast is a collaboration between four beautiful minds. And let's meet those other three minds right now. Hey there, people out there listening to all of us. Uh, my name is Sebastian Kinder, and I play Eric Miller, a musician magician with a troubled past. We still haven't solved the problem with his family forgetting who he is, but I'm sure we get to that somewhere. One thing is for sure, he won't forget the whole thing with trying to lose Agent Carter. <laughs> Hell, that makes a memory. Well, that makes me second. Hey, everyone. I'm Nadine Kuhn and I play Cecily Mary Nature Spring, a pixie elf with unfortunately just two constitution points, which didn't come in very handy the last episode. But we, we, will, we will figure this out in the future. Cecily also has created herself wings, wings that don't fly, which is also a problem. You see, there's a lot of stuff going on. Hi guys, my name is Lukas Fischer and I play a character which is called Jasper Casper. And Jasper is actually a um, human wizard from the non-magical world. Uh, you probably met him before. And Jasper has one goal in his life. Um, <laughs> that is try and find a place to belong. And um, I'm sure that there are people who can help him. I just wanted to sound different. Yeah, it was a spin on a classic. We love that. No, it was good. It was good. It was great. Uh, nothing that I love more than listening to your very, very slightly different variations on your <laughs> intros. Folks, I think today in this intro, we're going to explore something that we just touched on. We just barely, oh, we barely touched on it in our last episode, which was Big Magic, which is a part of uh, my role system for this game system that I've created called the Magical Hat System. The idea of Big Magic is that these young wizards have a reserve of primordial basic magical instinct within them that is not yet quite honed. So in some ways, they can do things that maybe a more trained wizard cannot, like access this just basic fountain of of magical power inside of them the reason why most wizards mages sorcerers would not risk this is that the effects can be quite bad and dire and just cause just basically horrible things to happen but they can also save you from a possibly uh you know uh, an unwinnable situation might suddenly become winnable if you choose to use big magic. So in order to use big magic, the player must let me know at the beginning of their turn and, or, you know, if we're in combat in their turn, or if they're using it outside of combat, they need to let me know. I intend to use big magic. And that is the moment where I will gasp <gasps> and everybody will. It's like a Sailor Moon moment. It's like, I'm going to use big magic. <laughs> and then there's light around them. Yes, uh, this is everybody just starts to sweat because it is a high risk, high reward situation. If you roll an 11 or higher, 
Everybody has a special power based on what their discipline is that they will unleash that might drastically alter the situation that the players find themselves in. If they roll a 10 or below, very, very bad things are going to happen to probably everyone around them uh, and possibly on a bigger scale than just uh, like, oh, no, I did like we all lost a constitution or no, there might be really bad consequences for a failure. But one thing that helps is when our players specifically fail spells that they've used outside of a battle, something that we feel like they're being used in a plot helping way, uh, not just uh, for for fun or, or for entertainment, but when we really are trying to use a spell to accomplish something and we fail that, then we get a plus one to our big magic. And who is our biggest failure of all? It is none other than our own Nadine Kuhn, who has a massive plus four to her big magic right now. Excuse me? I, I just know. I mean, I'm just trying out my spells as much as I can, and I'm just still practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm actually also like sweating. When you guys brought up the big magic, I think it was Eric the last time when he brought up big magic, I yep. was like sweating because first of all, I was like, oh yeah, big magic is a thing that actually exists. I have to look that up, what my big magic is. And second of all, I was like, also big drastic consequences for Sassy is like, oh, what is this big magic? I try it out and I'm like, I'm sorry. I just destroyed the world, guys. So <laughs> I'm very afraid of that moment, but it will happen. I promise. Good. Sooner or later. We'll see. We'll see. It might never happen. It might become necessary at some point. You might just decide like, I want to... I wanna oh, you brought it up. You brought it up. You will be like, and you enter this place and Sassy's like, I do big magic. <laughs> it's technically possible at any point in time you know it just, you just have to decide that the risk is worth the reward that's what's up <laughs> who wants to share their big magic skill with us first yeah sure let's go ahead in that case uh eric's big magic uh, should he ever come to use it which would be quite a moment because it's quite conflicting what he's able to do with that uh would be razzle dazzle picture jazz hands Picture jazz hands. He needs to make jazz hands <laughs> during this thing. Why he holds his violin and plays it. Very difficult to do. It is hard. That's why it's, you know, masterful. The main effect is that he's able to put an immediate glammed condition on someone, something, as long as it's living and alive. Could be a big creature, potentially. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. will see. But it's not just simply glammed. It's pretty much... 10-minute control of whoever is hit by it. Yeah, it's the glam of all glam conditions. It's the mega glam. And that, that hits a little bit deep, <laughs> especially for him. We, we know this is something that Eric as a character is actually completely opposed to. So in a way, he has moral qualms about his biggest power, his most powerful spell. So, yeah, it'll be interesting if he ever comes to a point where he decides, like, oh, this might be necessary in this moment. Mm -hmm, I might need to use it. Oh, my. The oi, 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 the oi. drama. I'm not talking to myself anymore. I put myself in timeout. Sassly's big magic is uh, called Heart of the Stars. 
summon a spirit on that supernatural humanoid creature to do the caster's bidding for up to 10 minutes. And you know what's going to happen. She's going to be like, hey, Binge Beef, and now you just, <laughs> you just fly me around with my wings. The exact nature of the being may be agreed upon by the MM, by the Michael Moore Magician Master <laughs> yeah. and player. The being has physical substance and unlimited constitution. Uh, all base stats are plus two. Yeah, so you basically get, for 10 minutes, you get an undefeatable ally with plus two uh, and some supernatural abilities. So to be clear, when, when Nadine was reading this at the beginning, it's summon a spirit slash undead slash supernatural humanoid creature. It is not a spirit undead supernatural humanoid, but, but one of these. I'm sorry, I didn't read the slashes, guys. I, I have to apologize. And do you know what form your uh, big magic would take? Or is that something you would want to reveal in gameplay? Um, I actually have a question. It's so nice that we talk about this right you now. No, it's great. That um, wonderful. You know, so if it's like a supernatural being, mm -hmm. does it have to be someone or something I know? Can I make it completely up? Is it something that I like have a memory of or something that I just like create in my head? I mean, the language here is that you're actually summoning something with physical substance. But I can also say that this is being created out of the the most basic substance of what magic is. So mm -hmm. it could be either. So let's say, for example, the headmaster of the school, the very first one that is dead since years. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. hey, this one, I just want to like summon that one. Is that possible? Stuff like that? Oh, I see what you're saying. Can you pick special people to revive? Yes. No. <laughs> and why, why is that not? Why? Why, why, why wouldn't I be that able to? That is not to? the nature of... You are not a necromancer. Um, but like, <laughs> you know, depending on how you've flavored your arcane science mage, your arcane science mage might be kind of necromantic in flavor. Very influencing people. Very behind the scenes, able to read minds which Tassel can do. She hasn't done it yet, but she can do it. I didn't think reading Agent Carter's mind was, was an idea, like was, was possible. At one point in the last episode, you actually were like, how is he feeling? And I was like, is she going to cast the one where she reads his mind right now? But in any case, uh, so you can flavor this creature to be this kind of undead. But I, you know, thought for Sassley, it would probably be a shimmering, since you know what ancient elves looked like, one of the, this kind of archangel spirit of power. That has, that's how I have envisioned it showing up for you. But you might have different ideas and I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. I do have some ideas and I just might say them out loud when I'm at the point. I love to hear it. <laughs> just probably right. imagining like a skeleton with hand grenades and then just... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mine is quite different than others, but um, I think it suits Jasper because his big magic is called Teacher's Lounge Special, which allows him to use anyone else in the group's big magic for his own. Mm -hmm. For that, uh, the hero, and I think that's Jasper in that case. That, that, that would be you in this case, yes. And two IP, which he hasn't <laughs> at the moment, so we don't want him to do big magic. We're, we're very low on influence points and constitution in this group right now. Okay. <laughs> this has been your hardest day so far, for sure. And it is not close to over. Then I have a particular question. I mean, you can clarify everything yes. after that, but it says like, 
anyone else in the group speak magic mm -hmm. what would you define as the group just as players or people like Mildred anybody that that you consider an ally that is currently traveling with you so Mildred would would be included yeah everyone is an ally <laughs> no, okay yeah 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 well uh yeah we'll see about that <laughs> yeah essentially as long as they're traveling with you like if mildred's back in the castle and you're somewhere else you can't what you're doing is the reason why you're spending influence points is that you're relating to that person you're picking up on something innately magical about them yeah. and you're applying it to your own magic so it has to be somebody that's with you but if it's an ally that's part of your party that's with you you can use their big magic um so you have that ability to actually copy others but you have to have some influence points left to do it at least two yeah yeah we don't need to talk about that i'm just way more interested in what would will this big magic be hmm. <laughs> why don't i share at this point mildred's big magic she does have a big magic she's not as likely to use it as one of you young o's <laughs> um but she technically has access to it the potion master big magic is called unreal alchemy And it's kind of, I don't know, in some ways, the opposite of the musician magicians. She can turn any solid non-living object into a liquid of her choice. Uh, could be water, could be oil. So this is a way to... Could be acid, could be poison. Yeah, could be acid, could be poison. This is a way to literally remove a wall if there is an actual wall in front of you. You know, this is a way to melt a lock, maybe definitely has a lot of uses, but only works on non-living. So, you know, Eric's big magic allows you to remove any living obstacle in front of you, basically. This is the opposite of that. Remove any non-living obstacle. And as for the other big magics, you know, listen and find out. <laughs> would, Nutella, would Nutella be a liquid? Like if it's super warm? Ooh, I'd have to look that up. I don't know. It's a spread, technically. I don't think it's technically a liquid. Well, it depends on the on the on the heat, weather, on the temperature. Could be hot Nutella, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. We'll have to think about that. It, it, we'll have to look at like what the what exactly is happening in this, you know, and say, well, how hot is it? Uh, you know, are you able to heat the object first because then it can be a hot liquid. But I know sometimes Nutella is like a solid. Like sometimes you stick your spoon in that Nutella thing and before you stuff that spoon directly into your mouth, you're like, wow, that's some pretty solid Nutella. So that's, that's our exploration of big magic here. And I hope that was interesting for everybody to learn. You know, this, this little extra thing that I've built into the system here just to, just to give it some flavor, some spice in case spice feels nice. But... We have to currently get back to our group. The Shieldless are uh, kind of stranded in the middle of nowhere right now. They do have a knocked out Agent Carter on their hands, uh, and they need to get to the city of Shimmerheim. And Shimmerheim is apparently has been built underneath the town of Rust, which has inside of it the theme park europa park this is a real theme park uh in germany by the way for people who might not know basically it's epcot um it's just epcot but bigger it's very it's it's great and better it's a it's a great park uh and we're gonna get to visit it very shortly probably but let's check in on our heroes i don't want to wait any longer to find out what they 
are up to. So without much further ado, let's begin this next episode of JK We're Rolling. Last time on JK We're Rolling. We had only just left Neudrachenberg in Meldor's van when red sparks began to shoot off into the sky. It was a tracking spell, and within moments Agent Carter was on a motorcycle behind us. A furious race began and we fought hard against the agent's powerful bike. Still, the combination of its magical shield and literal firepower were too much for us. Meldor's van was dispelled and disappeared out from us, and each of us were sent hurtling into the road. Boom, boom, boom. Some quick magic managed to make the fall bearable, and we each had a moment to react. <sighs> Eric used the magic peanut butter to bring me back to consciousness, while Meldor and Jasper shot magic at the incoming agent. They actually managed to knock him off his motorcycle, where he lost control and failed three constitution rolls in a row. Now we're stranded and wounded, and have a long way to go to join Yezi in the city of Shimmerheim. Hey, does anyone have a ticket to get into this park? <laughs> I, I read you have to buy tickets. <laughs> so we find you among the, I won't say wreckage, but a battered motorcycle is on the road next to you and a kind of knocked out Agent Carter. Now, Mildred has gone over and used her magic spell, Vasa Basa, to create some water to tend to, you know, he has some wounds, some scrapes. Um, she's checking on him. She's lifting his eyelids. She's checking on his eyes, you know, just doing some basic check the pulse. But she figures, yeah, there's going to be other agents on the way pretty soon. We need to get out of here. He's going to be fine. You know, after after checking his vitals and making sure that he is basically fine. Uh, obviously, he's not in great condition, but they have magic. <laughs> it can probably mend him up pretty well, but you all need to get out of there. So I did a little look on my map, see, on my map to check how close the nearest non-magical town to you was. Very close by car, very, very far by walking. Hmm. Uh, now you're kind of in the middle of this forest in the middle of nowhere. The nearest town and you know Mildred knows this because she's been working at the school for a long time and she is just aware of like where's the nearest non-magic uh, area now you are situated south of Baden-Baden uh, but you're north of Offenburg but you Offenburg is so far away from you you need to go to an even smaller town there is the zoom way in here you know the German train system is a wonder. Uh, that's the good thing. Yeah, because now we have the nine euro ticket. Yeah, you can get anywhere for nine euros a whole month. But unfortunately, like everyone has that ticket now, but we don't have enough trains. Yeah, I know. If you don't mind waiting for a couple hours, you can get, you can go home. It's it's pretty wild here, folks. This is going to seriously date this podcast episode, but uh, things be wild. But the nine euro ticket is a great idea that does not have the infrastructure to support it. The best thing about that is we have so many different regions where we have all the different kinds of VRR and NRW. So so many different kinds of 
trains running around, all using mm-hmm. different systems, and that we have one system that we can all use, no matter where you're coming from. It's kind of revolutionary. <laughs> I mean, it, when I say it's a, it's a wonder, I mean that. And the reason why I bring that up is you guys can basically make it to any small town and ha- know that you have a connection. And you know that Rust is not very far away from you. It's just south of Offenburg. But you are trying to make it to a little town called, I'm not going to say this correctly, Kaporodek. Kaporodek. It's K-A-P-P-E-L-R-O-D-E-C-K. Kaporodek? Would you please give that in the general chat? Yeah, even I think even y'all will have a hard time saying this. <laughs> it's the real town that is the closest town to you. Kaporodek. Kaporodek. Kaporodek, yeah. Kapel or Kaple? Kapel. I never knew that t- city before, and now I said it so much. <laughs> it's in Baden-Württemberg. Yes, it is. So are you. So is Neutrachenberg. Um, <laughs> situated in the Black Forest, as we know it is. You need to walk there. It's going to take you a few hours to walk there. You did not get to drive very far. It would have been like a 20-minute drive, but it's going to take you much longer to walk it. Uh, you have the Encantoban that is taking you directly there, which is nice. So you don't have to make it like through the forest. You can follow the highway uh, in the correct direction most of the way. That being said, you are badly injured. I'm going to ask for everybody to do a constitution roll to start off this episode. Yes. So I'm sorry. But you are limping away from your crash site. I am sorry. I am sorry. I have to say, I just rolled a net 20. Just saying. Heck yeah. That peanut butter just kicked in. Very nice. I love that. Wanted to ask something before that. No, okay. I will not take it back. I will not no, take no, no, it no, back. No, 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 no. Stay calm. You're fine. I just wanted to ask. I know that I have one constitution left. But you already took a hit, so you're going to need to roll a 13 or higher. You have one. Jasper has two. To succeed this one, you need a 13 or higher. Same with uh, Mildred. She also needs a 13 or higher to succeed because you all, you survived, but you all took the hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, How much constitution has everyone left? That's what what I was curious about. I know that Cecily has one. Mm. One temporary constitution. I have two. I'm at one. And Mildred is? Mildred has one. Everybody did phenomenally well with these rolls as the car crashed. I thought you would all be knocked out. So well done. Uh, that should have been an auto win for <laughs> our dear agent. But he had some bad luck there right at the end. So rolling, uh, I'm going to roll for Mildred here. She rolls a 14. She does not. She has no problem. I wasn't done because I can still cast Gesundung now to at least stitch someone together, given that Cecily has temporal constitution. Yeah. I would love to push her to one constitution, at least back in that case. Or you can cast it on yourself. You see that Cecily looks fine, like she rolled a nat 20. I can cast it two times. True, but if you fail this and you die, then you can't cast anything and nobody else can heal you. And you already used your peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah, and since I just have this contemporary little um, (laughs) constitution, just let her die. You know, that's the thing. I appreciate that, actually, Eric. I appreciate that. First, I would try to patch up myself. Then I would try to patch up her. Perfect. And if we should ever get in a battle situation, I can try it a third time for the day. 
That's true. Now, if you fail, it will get harder to cast each time. But if you succeed, I will keep it at its normal level. Okay. Sound, sounds fair. Sounds fair. We, we shall see how things go. Gesundung now with a 15. Okay. This was cast on yourself? Yeah. You've seen this before, Sassley. Ross Ehrenmann cast this spell on you before. He healed you when you were whammied outside of his office door on your first night at school. <laughs> oh, that is a memory. Now you see that Eric's wand shines with the same glimmering light. And Eric, you gain a constitution back, and you feel much better. You see some of your scrapes and bruises go away. You still, you have some muscular issues happening. Yeah. You know, you don't feel perfect, but some of the kind of surface stuff g- does go away. Okay. Do me, but- Eric. Do me now. Here. Nice job, Eric. Love to see it. Try on me. Yeah. Sure. Hold on. I come closer. And she spreads her arms. <laughs> now. Okay, let's see. <clears throat> Gesundung now. And she closes her eyes. A 20? A 20. <laughs> and that's 20, that's absolutely. You're going to get this constitution back, and you're going to keep your temporary constitution. So, Sassley, you're at two constitution again. Roar. I feel great. I can, right go, I, I, I can go back right to this agent, and I'm going to punch him with my plus one. No. Okay. Yeah, Sassley, of all of you, Sassley looks the healthiest. <laughs> she looks good. <laughs> Guys. I rolled a six. Okay. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, Jasper loses one more constitution and is knocked down to one constitution. Yeah, this was for, I mean, this is a hard walk that you are limping to this next city, but you are able to get there without much of an issue. The way that the Encanto Bond works, you don't really encounter other cars very often. It's very rare. Could happen that somebody else is using your direct express magic freeway uh, between the same location but it's not very common so you don't really especially for where you are in the middle of nowhere walking to the most random little town that no wizard would ever want to go to you are able to get there without much of an issue there's no elbedrich in these woods anymore you're in the non-magical woods well, there is one there's one in the little vial growing in the little egg that Safley <laughs> has yeah, um, I don't Okay. <laughs> I don't think there's a live... Uh, that's not a hatchable egg. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Sassley will not try to use this as an ingredient because she is convinced that there's going to be a baby Elbridge. And if we ever need it, it's probably going to be a big discussion. <laughs> 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 well, I will say this. You are walking through this forest and you could have sworn there wouldn't be any magical creatures. But... Jasper. Oh, dear. Something buzzing towards you that you read about in your book. You had, you thought this wasn't possible, but you can't be mistaken. There are smash skeetos in these woods. Yes. Oh, no. I love this. Roll me a bookishness. <laughs> well, no. First, tell me what you do <laughs> when you encounter the smash skido. Well, first of all, Jasper is like pulling up his cloak and trying to hide underneath because you know he's only got one constitution left and he doesn't want to get smashed on his head. And he's just trying to, you know, blend in with the nature around, but still walking. 
Okay, so you're gonna try to blend in. Um, let's see. And it's probably going to look <laughs> weird for the others, but still it is. Uh, yeah, that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. Sassly, mm-hmm. do you have an idea what he's doing there? No, I think he's normal. He always acts weird. I find it completely normal. <laughs> Guys, not allowed. <laughs> what are you hiding from? Can't you hear it? I hear a buzzing noise, but... Yes! Jasper gets really close to the two of you. It's the worst of them all. What is it? Come closer. Oh, this is so exciting. We are already pretty close. We are nearly underneath your cloak. that's too close. Guys, that's again too close. How bad is it? How bad is it? It's really bad. Why are you so enthusiastic about that? I love it. It's something dangerous, something adventurous. What is it? I hate it. It's like the worst creatures we could ever encounter. Brock Carter. <laughs> Worse. Pardon? I don't get it. Guys, it's Smash Keetos. <gasps> I knew they exist. I heard about them. Where are they? Where are they? Pardon what? <laughs> Come little Smash Keto. Come little Smash Keto. This is so many. <laughs> so... <laughs> Lastly, <laughs> as you try to lure a smash Skeeto to yourself, um, roll a luck roll. There we go, two constitutions. Eleven. <laughs> An eleven? Mm-hmm. You get two mosquito bites on your arm. <laughs> Just normal? Are they not hitting you with a hammer? Uh no, these are non-magic. This no. is just a mosquito. You're not in the hey, magical hey. world. Ow, ow. <laughs> oh, it itches. Oh. These are not mosquitoes. Maybe they've just marked you for the others. Oh, it's very itchy. Would someone mind to enlighten me what in all the magic of this world a smash keto is? I heard that you have to, to you have to spit on those bites and then they stop itching. <laughs> While you're doing that, Jasper is like on the floor and looking for little stones. And then he gets a handful of like little stones you can find, like these really round ones and smooth ones that you probably find in a river, and just hands them to Cecily. There you go. And Cecily looks at the stone and she's like, oh. And then she puts it on the mosquito bite. She's like, okay, I'm going to rub it in super tight and hard. Okay, guys, kid. Kids, kids, I, I don't, I really don't know what's going on here. I almost forgot I was here because this whole conversation really threw me off. But I think we need to get to the next town. Uh, so, actually, she's gonna, she's gonna roll taser stop, and you just see. Fall down around you (laughs) as her electrified wand just. I don't know what you are making such a big fuss about. Okay, there we go. While they were walking and and Milda does this, Cecily's like, her arm is really, really itchy. And she's like, I wonder if I'm allergic. And then she keeps on walking. (laughs) (laughs) So you are able to get to the town of... (laughs) And Mildred says, okay, we need to find an ATM. Uh, I do actually have money but i don't usually use it in the school i just i just get it out in cash whenever i end up in a non-magical town so uh 
let's find one. And uh, you're able to find an ATM. You're able to find uh, a train station, a Bahnhof to get to. And you are able to route yourself to Europa Park pretty easily. You're not very far away. You have to get into Offenburg. And from Offenburg, it's pretty easy. So you have a little train ride together. I have to ask this. I'm sorry. Do we actually know the destination? Yeah. Yeah, because that that affects like what Jasper is going to do. Yeah, Jasper, uh, you don't know what Shimmerheim is, but you know what Europa Park is. Eric, roll me world lore also just for this. Uh, roll me world lore. Uh, Sassel, you too. Thank you for letting me play with you guys. <laughs> That's an 11 <laughs> for bookishness. An 11? 11. Okay, uh, this was easier for Eric than Sassley, but Eric also still not a fantastic rule. You did go to Shimmerheim once when you were a kid, but you don't remember very well. Like, you, it's been a very long time, so you may not have any immediate experiences that you can relate. Mm -hmm. But you remember, you remember the theme park. I mean, you were a kid. Most likely. You remember just a shimmering city, just this kind of silvery color in your mind. Sassly, you heard about it? It is the biggest magical community around, but like you never even got close to thinking about going there. Of course. This is what the Pixie Pentecost Festival is about. This is what we based it <laughs> yeah. off. I am gonna be finally there. I can't wait to see it like in original and in big. Jasper, you have been to Europa Park for sure with your family. Cool. I even got an annual pass. <laughs> well, you live in the NRV. <laughs> yeah, but as soon as you uh, spend three days there, it's going to pay out. Um, I'm going to tell you that you did not have an annual pass to Europa Park. No, you guys uh, go more often to Fantasialand. Uh, which is nice as well. Yeah, it's a nice one. <laughs> do, I have a, do, I, do I have an annual pass for Fantasialand? <laughs> if you, yes, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he keeps it like like an ID. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't have a regular ID. He just has a pass to Fantasialand. <laughs> so yeah, what's Jasper feeling as you head towards Europa Park? Yeah, we are on the train right now. You're on the train. You guys have some time together for it. For, you have a moment together. Okay, guys, I just made the list of all the things we should do in which particular order when we get to the park. I mean, first, we want to do a meet and greet with all the characters, which mm -hmm. is right at the entrance. And then we need to go to the... Oh, I think we need to get a measurement for Sassley because we don't know how tall she has to be for certain rides. So then we can, you know, for kids... You have to be a certain height? Yeah, of course. What stupid rule is that? Oh. I find it offensive. All the pixie elves should ride. Oh, yes, you could. But, you know, you could... You know, all the seatbelts, you don't want to fall out of them. I mean, we can do all the proper rides. What do you mean by meet and greet with characters? What kind of characters? Oh, there are certain people who are dressed up in some silly costumes and look unmotivated. Like what? Like a dragon or like a mouse, the Europa Park mouse. The Europa Park mouse? Someone dresses up as a mouse? That person must be tiny. Yes. Oh, she is. It's actually a girl, but we never tell them because, you know, they know it's a girl, but it's supposed to be a man. And so we don't actually. For our American listeners, this is true. Europa <laughs> Park's mascot is also a mouse. They also have it's a ball that looks. <laughs> they also have a ball that looks exactly like the Epcot ball. <laughs> uh, but I, what is the name again? I can't remember the name. I should know the name of the mouse. Eddie or Ed. Eddie. Eddie and Edda. Yeah. Yeah. And the girl is Edda. Wonderful. At this point, Mildred interjects and says, okay, look, I don't want to 
crush your dreams here, but we're in a little bit of a tight spot. I'm a little worried. Yazadva, he said in his message that I should send a pigeon to check in on him, but it sounds like he stumbled onto something big, and I think he's going to act as soon as possible. So, one ride, okay? Okay, two rides, two rides. We can do two rides. But we're not waiting in line for any characters. You know how that takes a long time. But, uh, Miss Mulberry? Yeah. How are we going to pay the entrance? Oh, we are magic folk, Jasper. We don't pay to get into Europa Park. <laughs> awesome. Europa Park is completely run and owned by the magical community. Mildo. Little known fact beyond that, yes. Mildo, I feel a little dizzy. My arm is completely swollen. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> How much did you scratch on those? Just a bit. The blood was from before when I hit myself. Yeah, you need to you need to leave it alone, uh, Sasley. But I think we need to get this kid. Uh, we need to get this kid into a safe place soon. Uh, so <laughs> let me. You know what? I'm gonna roll. You know, she is a potion master. Uh, I'll roll a d20 and see what materials she has on her. Maybe she has something helpful for you. Um, let's see. I love that Jasper is terrified of smash ketos which Sassley finds totally awesome. But now Sassley has a trauma from mosquitoes. <laughs> <laughs> Mildred is standing there, just silent, staring in the air, thinking. And <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't have anything that, that can help you right now. She just kisses her finger and then puts it on your thing and says, does it make it better? Okay, come on, kids, let's go. She puts it on the, on the stitches again, like on the bite. Yeah. Great. Now ditches again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, so you have a nice uh, train ride planning out what you're going to do in Europa Park uh, until you arrive there and you're able to walk towards the, the Haupteingang of the park, towards the main entrance, the sounds of Europa Park, of a theme park, the music in the background, the sound of children laughing, people enjoying themselves. The smell of nachos and hot dogs, churros, delicious food all over the place. All the sights and sounds and smells of a wonderful day at a theme park. And she kind of gestures you over. You get into a specific line. She's very careful about which one she chooses. You're waiting in line with her. And as you get up to the front, you see her flash, a kind of identification card. Uh, she's a teacher at Neudrachenberg School. And while Jasper sees she's going for like an ID, Jasper is pulling out the Ellen <laughs> <Island> card. <laughs> That's a wrong park, Jasper. That one's run by non-magical folk. So she does that, and then you see she produces her wand, and a little magic emanates, just a little of light emits from the end of her wand. And she gestures back to the three of you, says something to the person checking the tickets, and she says, come on, kids, we're in. And the three of you walk into Europe Park free of charge. You never knew it, but this is a land that's been created for you by the magical community. Cecily tries to cover that they're like there, you know, because no one knows if they belong together or what's happening, why they're there. So while she passes, she looks to murder and she says, Thank you, Grandma, for inviting us. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, 
Yeah, fair. <laughs> and sassly, I mean, to the passerby, you seem basically like a child wearing a pair of fairy wings. You know, like, there's nothing strange. This is why magical creatures love to be in Europa Park. There's nothing strange about what you look like. I mean, a centaur might still have a rough time. But, like, for the most part, no one's going to blink an eye. Uh, and the fact that you have wings attached to your back, you're not even the only person there with fairy wings on their back, you know? And Cecily goes closer to the chat. She's like, <laughs> hey, how did you make them fly? <laughs> Mommy. <laughs> uh, some people are specific. <laughs> it's been quite some time since I have been here. Long ago. Okay, Jasper, where are we off to first? You're the expert. Guys, they said it a long time ago, last episode. We have to do the Kankan Costa. What is the Kankan Costa? Oh, it's like a dark ride, but a roller coaster. And it's set in France. And we go to the Moulin Rouge in the 20s. Ah, oh, that's nice. Is it fast and wild and dangerous? Yes. Yes, that's the first one we do. And it has some fun music. <laughs> Come on. You head over to France and you get in line and you ride the Can Can Coaster. I'm going to say that Mildred stops and buys everybody churros because she got a bunch of money at the ATM. Here you go. Here you go. You're it. Everybody gets a churro. Yeah. I like that we just came from Chase <laughs> on the motorway <laughs> and we just almost. Killed an agent. We deserve it. And now we get to spend a day in the Europa Park. We deserve it. If anyone deserves <laughs> it, we do. Huh. While, they're sta- while they're like in line for the Kenken ride, Cecily sees a child with cotton candy. <laughs> She's like curious about it. She goes closer. She smells it. What is that? It looks like a cloud, a pink cloud. The kid uh, holds some out to you. You can try some. Oh, no. Oh, no. Like, did the did the kid like take a piece of it i mean no like just holding out the, like the stick to you oh, no. even though you know how <laughs> gross cotton candy is if somebody else is holding it but you know this kid holds out some cotton candy to you and Cecily takes the whole thing and said thank you that is super <laughs> kind of thing. you and then <laughs> she puts it all then- in her mouth <laughs> Oh my god. A woman <laughs> shrieks at you. What the what are you thinking? Oh, every kid is silly. Mil- oh no, I'm so sorry for my child. Uh she's uh we oh, never taught her manners. Bad breeding. Oh. I mean sometimes she's I'm just bad breeding. breeding. I'm just a grandmother. I've talked to the parents before. I don't know, and she's, she's shoving you up. She's shoving grandma. you up. She's shoving Actually, you up. She's my, it was not even it didn't even like it. Just by chance to that old woman back. And he's again pulling out his fantasia and cut. Sorry, we work here. And <laughs> <laughs> it just gets more and more confusing the longer we stay here. And we come on. And Sassy has a total sh- sugar shock because there was so much sugar. So she's like, her body is like vibrating. And then she's, and then all of a sudden she's like, oh no, my teeth hurt. <laughs> It is awful. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm not going to make you do your sugar rolls because I I assume you don't want to use it to like boost an ability right now. Uh, no. Yeah, to, because then no. you have to roll for sugar crash and we don't want that whole drama. Not right now, her teeth hurt and she has <laughs> those like allergic reactions because of the material. She's <laughs> actually kind of miserable right now. <laughs> she has two constitutions. <laughs> yeah. Stupid oh. miserable. <laughs> that temporary constitution starting to feel very temporary. <laughs> okay, 
Uh, she said you could roll. You could ride two rides, Jasper. Where do you bring everybody for the second ride? You decide the ride, but before you can say it, you hear Cecily doing "What a ride! What a ride! What a ride!" We what have to do ride. the Pirates of Batavia. Is there water? Yes. What a ride! What is that ride? Can you explain? You don't know that one? Just explain it for our listeners, Jasper, uh, Lucas. Dear, dear listeners, <laughs> uh, Pirates of Batavia is um, actually like the German answer to Pirates of the Caribbean from the Disney parks. And uh, it, oh, that is a sad story. Oh boy. And uh, it burned down like five or six years. You need like a theme park history podcast. Sorry, folks, this is, for, <laughs> this is an excerpt from another podcast. Go on. Yes, um, it burned down, sadly, due to an accident, um, but it was such a beloved attraction that the park decided to rebuild it completely, and now it's like probably the best dark rides you can imagine. And just a little clue, when you go through the ride, there's one boat in the whole ride with like six or five animatronics, which are actually the surviving animatronics from the burnt down attraction five years ago. Um, so you're in a boat when you go through this, right? <laughs> yes. yes. So Mildred goes, all theme parks are more fun for wizards. Watch this. And she casts Mufta Lufta and makes the boat go a little bit faster. And she says, come on, kids, join in. <laughs> and when she said join in, Cecily said, Mufta Lufta. <laughs> Twelve. Nice. You guys, <laughs> and like the boat starts to skid over the water, you know, past the part where, you, where like, you know, you, you take in the nice scenery and the animatronics, but then at the end you just and you bump into the boat in front of you. Do we have, I mean, they fit like 20 people in a boat. Do we have like normal people as well who are like screaming because they think the whole ride? No one, no one suspects anything. They're just like, what's going on with this ride? And you know, like. Look, to normal people, magic isn't real. <laughs> no one is being like, whoa, those people are using magic. Like, to them, they're just like, this is wild, and there's people dressed as wizards in the back, whatever. We are totally ordinary people. We like are normal. Any ordinary people around here. <laughs> um, so you guys have a wild last water right here, and uh, you get off. Eric got his shoes a little wet, but uh, other than that, everyone's fine. <laughs> and uh, Mildred says, ha, ha, ha. ah, that's great. Now enough. We need to continue <laughs> with our adventure and get into because we haven't done anything and we're 50 minutes into this recording. Um, <laughs> uh, so she leads you towards the uh, Enchanted Forest, Grimm's Märchenwald. Uh, as it's called. It's a beautiful part of the park. Uh, it is kind of their enchanted forest. And she walks you towards a little path that looks like it's probably for maintenance people. And there's a large plastic mushroom here, big enough for all of you to stand on. And Mildred steps on this and she gestures you three to join her. And she does a specific kind of, almost a tap dance, truly, with her feet. Kink, and you see this, or rather, you feel this mushroom begins to lower <sighs> into the ground. The stalk of the mushroom, you're going inside of it. So there are walls here, and you begin to descend and descend and descend for a very long time. Is it like the haunted mansion? 
It is exactly like in my notes. (laughs) I literally wrote, "It feels like (laughs) feels like the haunted mansion ride." It's in my notes. Good job. So it's like the haunted mansion ride, but you do notice that it starts to go faster as you get down because you can tell you're covering a lot of distance. Your ears pop a little bit. You are going very deep underground. So you're in there for a while, and the last couple meters, the walls end, and once more, very gently, the floor glides down and it ends on a silvery platform deep underground in the cavern that houses the city of Shimmerheim. And I will describe this first. You are in a tremendously huge cavern. Ridges and mountains and plains extending out in every direction. A few blue glowing crystals dot the landscape around you. Strange flora seem to grow in these underground caverns, purplish and reflective, with long twirling vines or leaves with tapered ridges, like the plants themselves are trying to be fancy and elegant. The ceiling of the cavern is high and vaulted. It feels more like a night sky than a stone overhanging. Even from here, you spot the tops of giant pointed mushrooms, real mushrooms, in pinks and purples and greens, all glowing with a natural fluorescent light. An ambient light seems to hang in the air at certain points with no discernible center. Fog clouds of pure light illuminating the silvery city of Shimmerheim. The sound of a truly massive waterfall roars off to your left, out of the border of the city, but still closer to city center than you are currently. That waterfall turns into a natural river which flows through the city itself. What you can see clearly from here is the very top of the city, the highest tier of the layered city center of Shimmerheim. The city center is built on these plateaus like giant steps, each level having more and more opulent buildings, all made of this silvery metal that is the prime material that they use to build their official buildings. And here at the very, very top of the city, you can see a massive domed building with two huge circular atriums in front. This you can see from your line of sight. Mildred says to you, that's the center of the government here. The seats of the Lord Mayor, Petra Harthoof, and the Hall of the Blue Council, the Congress of Trade. So you've landed in front of a very exciting building, the Shimmerheim Department of Customs, a building built from the same strange silvery stone as the other important buildings in the city. It is surrounded by ornamental walls, behind which a crisp, fresh-looking courtyard of imported grass and manicured underground shrubs sits. The central compound is circular, and it's a domed building, but this is more like a normal building with a dome on top, not like a massive, huge dome, like the impressive building that you can see at the top of the city. This seems a little more functional. And now I will send you a map. Yeah, this one I'm actually kind of proud of. I made this one from scratch all all by myself. The city of Shimmerheim. You are at the top left corner where this glowing silvery round thing is. That's the head of the mushroom. With the little bridge? Mm -hmm, with a little bridge leading to this building, which is the customs building. So here you are, you're standing in front of the customs department, and 
Mildred leads you to this bridge that kind of crosses this cavern, not cavern, this kind of cliff face. Uh, The bridge leads to a lower level and into the Department of Customs. You see there is a small line of wizards in front of you waiting for their turn to get into the building. It is like any customs building. And uh, you have to wait in line for about 30 minutes. And finally, you are able to enter the building. The inside of the building is all smooth arches, silvery stone with mural work outlining the geometry of the rooms. Still, the desk of the clerks here are wooden and look like every government counter that you have ever seen. It doesn't really look like it makes sense, but that's just the way it is. As you enter, a dark-skinned man in a uniform, it's a uniform, it's a light green shirt, uh, collared shirt, calls you to the desk. Uh, Identification, please. Why are you visiting Shimmerheim today? And he has a large book in front of him. You see he's using his wand to flip through. The book says USAIV, you save registry. It's registry, every registered magical person. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's particularly worried about anything. He deals with people coming in and out of this very busy city all day. Mildred says, hi, uh, we're here on a field trip. We are checking out some materials in the local library here. Uh, just doing a little research. We're from Neudrachenberg. And he's like, oh, uh, Neudrachenberg. Yeah, yes, of course. So let's take a look here. And he just kind of skims through, um, takes a look at each of you. Uh, Mildred gives the names over. Flip. Yes. Yes. I see. Flip. <laughs> Flip the page. Finds Mildred, no problem. Finds Sassley, yes, you are registered with the USAVE um, Council. Yep, Eric Miller, okay. Jasper Casper? Yes. Casper, 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 Casper. Um, are you are you not registered as a member of the magical community? Um maybe this can help. And he pulls out his Fantasia Island card again. <laughs> uh, he's never been more sure that you're not magical. <laughs> Jasper finds himself in a bit of a strange situation here. He is out of influence points. Mm-hmm. He is not registered. Does somebody want to help him try to get into the city? Of course. How many points do I have left in influence points? I ask myself. You did not spend any today. So I have them all. Sure, I'm going to help. Jasper spent them all, and the other two of you have all of them. I think I start with two. Mm-hmm. And what would you like to use them to do? I go to this man, and I'm like, well, um, huh, funny situation. Uh, that is my cus- cousin from the um, non-magical world, and he is a very specific, wonderful wizard that has all the power that he needs to be a big wizard but he really needs to be registered here and he was but um it went wrong a certain way when um do you have anything against mosquito bites look at my arm it really hurts and i might oh, have an allergic oh, wow. reaction yeah, you definitely need to put something on that that is that is not healthy do you have anything 
I not on me. Uh, can you can you help me and find someone? I feel like I'm gonna faint and Sassy falls. Ah. Uh. So we're doing the fainting again. I'm gonna call that a performance. Mark off <laughs> two more influence points. So that's four influence points for you total. Because uh, that started as one thing and ended as another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's gonna ask around the other clerks. He's gonna be like, "Hey, does anyone have just like some Neosporin or?" Or, uh, does anybody just have any kind of cream? This 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 girl, uh, th uh, this uh, pixie elf here is uh, having some some issues, and and it, it, you do notice that he he says pixie elf without without like flinching. Uh, that's kind of interesting to you. Uh, they're not totally. It would be rare for a pixie elf to be around, but not completely unheard of. But in any case, somebody does find some cream for your mosquito bites. It actually brings it to you. And uh, the man gestures you over Jasper and says, well, this is slightly irregular, but I see that you are clearly a student of the Drachenberg Academy of Magic. Uh, you are still wearing your uniform with the Neu Drachenberg crest on it. You... Uh, are here with a teacher. She has identification. So uh, he just gives you a form to sign. And he says, just do me a favor before you leave the city again. Come back here and uh, you have to sign this waiver again before you leave. You need to check out of the city, okay? Yes, okay. And don't you worry. I even got my book out to be a witty wizard. So he thinks, boo He looks like he's considering whether you are actually a wizard again. <laughs> um... That's the moment where, like, you have this little moment where Jasper stands in front and Eric is, like, shrugging slightly. So I understand the pain you're feeling right now, but it's correct. <laughs> and Mildred is shoving the three of you out the door. <laughs> okay, well, you're very, very kind. Thanks for taking care of my uh, students here. You're doing a great job. And she shoves you out the door. That worked smooth. Smooth, smooth. <laughs> that was super smooth. So you finally enter the city proper and you find yourself on a main thoroughfare, a large main street, perfectly fit together cobblestone streets uh, in a light gray pattern. There are street lamps with a normal yellowish light on either side of the street that leads you towards the center of the city. But these look almost wrong somehow, because as you enter, you see that the entire city is covered in these glowing blue crystals. Occasionally, a crystal with red light pulses instead. The giant mushrooms, which can be seen from all over the city, there are maybe six inside the city. And then there's some like really huge, massive ones that you can see in the distance outside the city. So they can get much bigger, but the ones that they cultivate and keep in the city are a little smaller. These seem to be bioluminescent. And you see that these hanging, as I call them, light fogs, they do seem to be centered kind of around where these mushrooms are. The Silvery City catches all its light and reflects it around itself so that the air is bright with illumination and the whole city seems to glow itself and effectively reaches the same brightness level as daylight. So the street that you are on has some residential houses and some smaller shops, but the main path is clearly meant to lead you into the city. You know, uh, that's where most travelers come in and they head across this river over a bridge and they you know, head into one of the upper tiers of the city. The side of the river that you are on seems to be a little more residential, a little less pompous, a little less full of itself. There's like 
normal folk going about their business here in town, just like, you know, people going to wherever they're about their jobs, about their business. You do notice one strange thing. Eric and Sassley roll world lore. 18. Nice. It's 12. Okay. Eric, you've heard of them, but you've never seen one before. Mm-hmm. Sassley, it makes perfect sense. You actually do some business with these creatures. You see these small creatures, shorter than a pixie elf, made of living metal, walking around. These are Zvergish. The Zvergish are just about two feet tall. They're metal bipedal creatures. Their heads form into sharp points at the top, like they're wearing kind of a pointy hat. The metal is often dark, iron-colored, and rusty, and they still seem to move and live as normal organisms. Uh, They don't seem to be like a machine. It's really like they are alive. They live in colonies. They usually live in underground networks, and they're proficient diggers and collect precious metals and jewels. Master craftsmen. They have different levels of intelligence in their communities. Some are a little more naturally intelligent in the way that we as you know normal thinking people would recognize that and some of them are not maybe have their own kind of magical intelligence but in any case they are smart enough to have set up some kind of trade here in the city and this has made the city prosperous that they have kind of worked out a deal usually a very friendly deal with the Svergish that live around so you see some of them walking around too that's something that you don't see very often Mildred says to you all so, uh, we're supposed to go to 28 Shimazee Strasse, um, and the name is Luan Tanaka. And you can all kind of walk further into the city. We might have to ask somebody for directions. I don't know where this is. Looking at the map, I might have an idea where it is. Yes, well, the map is for your reference, but you Yeah, can... yeah, I, I, I know, but... Eric doesn't have a map <laughs> from this case, so yeah. <laughs> One more thing. Everybody can roll an investigation check. Asian Kata already followed us. Oh. Eight. Eighteen. I'm quite comfortable in the middle. I have a thirteen. It's interesting. Jasper, you don't have any influence points left. You're feeling a little drained with people. Maybe that's why you're aware of them in this moment. Something about the way that the people are carrying themselves, the way that not everybody, but some people walk around the city, feels rushed, feels tense. There is a tension hanging in the air in this city. You can see it on some of the people's faces. Mm -hmm. Did you see these small little metal people? These are called swagish. They're quite nice. I like them. Ah, that was the name. Uh, I remember a little bit of them. Swagish. You you seem to know them a bit. I kind of go along with them. Yeah. What? <laughs> you seem to know more about them. Yeah, they collect stuff. Like they collect jewels and like uh, what else do they collect, Michael? Metal stuff. Metal minerals. They're craftsmen. Minerals and metals and they're craftsmen. I go along with them fine. Hello, hello, nice people. And Cecily waves at the Swagish. It looks at you and it makes a sound like a. But it waves at you back. And Sassy turns around. Oh, he said hello. It's really nice to see you, but I have to go. And it nods its head and moves along. (laughs) You understood that? You didn't? No. (laughs) 
Jasper. <laughs> Jasper, what's on your face? You seem to be concerned. I mean, guys, is it just me? Miss Mulberry? Yeah. Why does it feel like everybody else around us is, is being in a, in a rush? I mean, it feels really, really uncomfortable to be here. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just looking for somebody that looks nice enough to uh, ask about this here address. Uh, maybe like a shopkeeper or something. But it, look, if you feel like you can tell the difference between who's stressed and who's not, maybe you can pick somebody who's in a good mood. Or uh, maybe we can figure out why everybody here is so on edge. Maybe it has something to do with what is that we found out? Maybe. Let me see. Can I have a look around? to actually investigate people who looks like yeah you can but i just, i tell you you look at them you can tell that people are stressed but investigating the people further is not going to give you any more information okay 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 sasley walks to one of the zwergish mm -hmm. and she's like um excuse me again i was just wondering um Why Why is everyone so rushing? Like, why is everyone rushing and seems to be so stressed? Is anything happening right now? It just looks at you. It turns its head. Uh, you know what? I feel like I should be just rolling to see if you get lucky to get a highly intelligent spargish or not. I feel positive about it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is better than average, but not completely brilliant. This spargish just looks at you and shakes its head and... Just shakes its head, kind of shrugs, um, but goes about its business. Zvergish may not be attuned to things in the same way that humans are. Hold on, don't run away, don't run away, little Zvergish. <laughs> no, I need it. And Cecily goes to another Zvergish. <laughs> you said they're multiple. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, there are three. There are literally three. <laughs> Good, then there's another one. <laughs> And another one. Is she asking about the address? Okay. So Zvergish don't speak English or German as we might actually be speaking. Uh, they speak their own language. You'll need to have somebody translate Zvergish for you, in which case you could probably ask that person. Can I have a look in my book? You want to have a look in your book to find the address? No, I can read his mind. I can do that. Or to translate that. And the chaos in shoes. I feel like you need two stoves that you, you know, always, you know, rub against each other and then you... <laughs> I would try to read his mind. Okay. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> What did you roll? I rolled a two. <laughs> and all I, all I heard was like, what they actually do. Click, 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 click. <laughs> you, get, you get an impression that this Zvergish is on its way to some community meeting for other Zvergish, just like normal everyday tasks. Is that a failed spell outside of battle? No, that spell does not fail. It did fail. It was a two. I didn't. I just heard this. No, that. You, you were able to get an impression of its mind, but you weren't able to get exact information. Got it. <laughs> okay, just just wondering. They're not just only Zwergish, but also other people around. Yes, there are. Okay, someone like shopkeepers, I think, as well. Yes, certainly. There's shops. There's like bakeries. There's you. Know, stores for clothing this is a normal town you have all of the shops that would normally be available to you okay magical apotheca <laughs> i would like to pick out something that's not overly busy in the moment like where they have someone working that has time uh yeah sure so the first thing you walk up to is like a stand 
and uh, they're selling dinner. You know, they're selling like meat <laughs> pies. You know, there's like a dinner stand that you walk up to. <laughs> okay, just for my for my head, the address was uh, Schimmerseestraße. Twenty eight. Yes. Twenty eight. Eric walks up to to the place. Um, excuse me. Oh, yep. hey there. Hey there. Uh, um, I'm I'm pretty fairly new to this place, uh, and I'm trying to meet up with someone uh, who said we would could see him here, but I don't know where to find the address. Uh, it's Schimmerseestraße twenty eight. Oh, the Schimmersee. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, people do try to get around to the Schimmersee sometimes. That's right. Well, what you want to do is you want to head down this road. You're going to go. You're going to go. You're going to go. You're going to take a right. You're going to take a right on the main road here, and you're just going to you're going to follow that around. You're going to find the Schimmersee, <laughs> and that's what you're going to do. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Excuse me, sir. Yep. Um, for me, a falafel with salad, please. <laughs> 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 Five B coming right up. Tzatziki. Um, no, nothing with a tiki tiki. Um, Melda, <laughs> can you pay for it? I don't have the money. Milchit's like already getting. She's like, I just bought you a churro. This is very. I mean, sassly. Come on. Uh, okay, so you get you get a you get a falafel salad like with a salad on the side, and you can eat it as you walk through the city. So you make your way through the city. You take a right, like he told you. You're on the main thoroughfare. And this street kind of winds along, it curves in, and before very long, you do see uh, a lake. And you can assume this is probably the Shimmerzee. You see that inside this lake are growing these giant underground, these these plants that kind of... What's the, I want to use the word slither, but they don't slither, they're plants. <laughs> but they're very sinuous. They're very sinuous, and they pop out. They have bulbs at the end. Uh, these bulbs seem to glow with their own light. Some of them twist and curl around like giant aloe leaves almost, but purple, shimmering, always slightly reflective, all very strange, almost alien. These are native to the region here. Everything here is so infused with magic. And... You have to walk around the neighborhood a while, you know, little side streets. Like, you know how a city is when it's near a lake. Everything has to curl around the lake, and it can be difficult to find what you're looking for. But you do eventually find Schimmerseestrasse, and you walk down until you find number 28. And what you find is a small, broken-down lake house on the Schimmersee. It's all the way at the end, basically at a dead end. It's, I mean, I say broken down, but it looks like it's functional. It just looks like not super nice or well-kept. There's a small boat shack out back with a couple canoes sticking out and a screen door at the front. There doesn't seem to be any sign that anyone's home. All right, so let's go up there and knock, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you do that, Eric. You do that. And all of us are good, kind of spicy. Or said Jasper. Oh, we can ring. There's no doorbell. Oh, we have to knock. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You knock on the door, but there's no response. Well, that's unfortunate. Let's go home. No one there. I'll knock another time. No response. Is the door locked? The door is not locked. Um, guys, I have 
pretty bad feeling here. Okay, Eric. I would like to open the door. <laughs> okay. You are a rebel, Eric. I like that side of you. So, Eric, a man who is comfortable with doors. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Mildred's kind of on the, she's behind the three of you and she's kind of watching the street. She's trying to stay aware. Not really sure what the thing going on here is. Eric, you're the first one to the door and the door comes open and this curtain from the window snaps around and wraps around your body. Roll a spryness roll. Okay. <laughs> 20. Natural 20. Okay, you manage to stay standing. You do not fall down on the ground. But you are wrapped up in this curtain. Okay. <laughs> and you all see this happen to Eric. Do you do anything? That's strangely comfortable. <laughs> I wonder how many curtains this place has. <laughs> While this happened, I think Sassley ducked with a last falafel in her hand. <laughs> and I think because she was so shocked, she threw it. Okay, <laughs> you throw the falafel. I'm going to get back to that in a second. Jasper, do you do anything in response to this? I feel like Jasper was not the closest, like he was furthest from the door. And um, I would feel like Jasper would go to Mildred instantly. Okay, well, that's what I was waiting to get to. Uh, I was waiting to see if any of y'all did anything. Mildred goes directly after Eric. She is worried about him. She pushes you aside, Jasper. <laughs> And you see her run into the room after Eric. Oh my, are you okay? And you see she disappears. <sighs> she's gone. She's like, she was there one second and she's like, Shoom! as if with much schwung, as if with much momentum, she has disappeared into the house. And finally, you hear somebody go, Argh! a big voice. It is a voice that you recognize. And you see that Yazerva crashes into Mildred. He has laid traps all over the house. And he gets a face full of falafel as he slams into Mildred. So because you have all this has all happened basically at the same time. <laughs> it was like Eric opened the door. Wrapped up. Ah! You threw the falafel as Mildred came through. Ah, she slips on this water that has been frozen onto the ground, a trick that you have used before. Ah, he learned. That's right. He learned it from you three. So he also laid this trap for anybody who might be coming for him. And Mildred has slid into the ground. She fell on the ground and slid along this ice. That's why it looked like she disappeared to you. She takes his legs out from under him as he runs with his wand out into the room and gets a face full of falafel. Boom. God. Good. And he's totally taken by surprise. What did you... Oh, it's... Oh, you... What are you doing here? Come in. Come, oh, I'm sorry. He releases the spell, Eric. Yeah, I, I was about to say, I'm kind of in. <laughs> and Jasper, who's been the furthest away, he looks at them and he says, I think you need a doorbell. JK! <laughs> <laughs> All 
Our magician master is Michael Moore. Sassly Mary Nature Spring is Nadine Kuhn. Jasper Casper is Lucas Fisher. Eric Miller is Sebastian Kinder. Theme song by Aaron Richards with additional music by Ethan Anderson. Cover art by Pascal Genet. Whoa, party pixies. We hope you enjoyed this romp into Shimmerheim, and yes, I know, our first real traveling episode. Uh, but you won't want to miss what's to come in the city of Shimmerheim. Our team has never come close to facing anything like this before. So tune in in two weeks' time to jump back in with us. In the meantime, don't you patrons forget to go vote in our ongoing poll. Find our Patreon on patreon.com slash jkwerolling to participate yourself and help support our little show here. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for extra content from us and to leave us little messages and just be friends. For instance, we recently shared the map of the maze that our players completely skipped a couple episodes ago right on our Insta. That's at jk.weird.rolling or jkwerolling on Facebook. Did you hear our new music by Ethan Anderson in today's episode, by the way? You can hear it as our group enters Schimmerheim for the first time. That new sweeping version of our Neudrachenberg theme, which is the song that plays in the background of all of our recaps. And that was made possible by our patrons and all of our awesome listeners who continue to support us just by being here with us. Thank you all. And that's it for today. So in the meantime, keep your head brain sharp and your wand at the ready. Um, assuming that you make it to the park. Oh my gosh, are we actually playing in Europa Park? You are going to a magical underground city beneath Europa Park, but you will have to walk through Europa Park to get there. Oh, please, can we use the Kangangosa to go through that? I mean, you're the players. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. Not yet a woman. Not yet a woman. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you perfect. need is time. A moment that is mine. Okay, are we ready?